It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caliger, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, whenever you're watching, hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.sal's neighborhoodpizzeria.com or give my man a call 912-268-2328 912-268-2328 find out why i go all the way to st simon's to get a decent italian meal today's show is also being brought to us in part by billy c's triple g canelo alvarez post fight show you can watch it live right here wherever you're watching the billy c show approximately six minutes uh, after the official announcement is announced or rendered or however you want to look at it so make sure you tune in uh right here uh, after uh the fight because uh, i know you're going to want to talk about it and certainly we will be talking about it so uh, make sure you tune in uh right here and finally today's show is being brought to us in part by you guessed it my book tom molino from bondage to baddest man on the planet is available right now where all good books are sold and you can literally get a copy of it right now while you're watching or listening to the show uh, by visiting our website uh, www.billycboxing.com that's for a signed copy or just go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com find out why uh, uh, I'm so uh, adamant uh, about uh, uh, getting the uh, word out uh, on my man Tom Molino now we are experiencing lots of trouble with the YouTube stream uh, and even our Facebook live stream uh, don't understand why, uh, but hey, uh, we're going to keep going on. And worst case scenario, go back and watch the show uh, on demand. It'll be available later. But all of the uh, uh, TV and radio, uh, you guys should all be fine. But uh, anyway, a uh, lot of stuff to talk about today. First and foremost, we will have Boxing Hall of Famer uh, and New Jersey Boxing Commissioner Larry Hazard uh, join us a little bit later. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on a bunch of stuff. Uh, and also, this week's Blast from the Past uh, features uh, a former world champion, um, Winky Wright. So make sure you hang around uh, for that. Alex Papali will be uh, here uh, telling us about it. Um, also, uh, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, that big fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triple G, Canelo. Um, does Canelo... I mean, Canelo has everything in his favor, all right? I mean, uh, everything. You know, it was, it was uh, uh, basically, they, there's a new diva in town, 
you know, and I don't know if we really need to blame Canelo or Oscar De La Hoya, but the bottom line is everything had to be uh, Canelo's way. So my question today, can Triple G actually win this fight via a decision, or does he have to knock out Canelo? You know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder uh, if he could, even if he beat him every round, would he get a fair decision in Las Vegas with that gutless, spineless piece of garbage as a commissioner, Bob Bennett? Uh, is he getting some money under the table like he got for the uh, McGregor-Mayweather uh, fight? Is he getting it from Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy? Can Triple G win a fair decision? Joining me right now, still without power, and uh, being loyal to the show uh, on his uh, rabbit ear phone is my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Hey, rabbit ear, rabbit punch. What do you expect? Good morning, Billy C. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Uh, although we're having all kinds of technical issues uh, uh, with, uh, I get surprised with uh, YouTube stream. But um, you know, do you think Triple G can get a fair? Uh, decision in this fight, or does he have to knock out Canelo? No, I, Billy, I, I'll tell you, I believe he can get a fair decision in this fight. I mean, these are two warriors, and uh, I think they're going to be on an even playing field to a degree. Um, I think uh, I think if he is dominant, Triple G is dominant, Triple G is landing the blows, if he's cutting off the ring, if he looks like he's in control, I don't see any reason why any judge or any uh, referee would be uh, uh, biased uh, for Canelo Alvarez to really just uh, pick up a victory that he didn't earn. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, what we're going to see is what we're going to get. Uh, and at the end of the bell, the last bell, I, or whenever they do the last count, I think we're going to have a, a, a pretty good decision uh, rendered that would be deserved. Um, I don't think we're going to get too many, uh, too too much uh, uh, swaying of the vote here, in my opinion. You don't think you you do think that so so explain. Do you think that Triple G can get a fair decision in Las Vegas? I I think he can. I think he can. I think this is, you know, this is going to be the world stage and. I really believe that there would be uh, an outcry of uh, injustice, uh, as we see sometimes that does occur when a decision isn't really uh, uh, above board. And uh, this would be magnified because, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I think if the fight is close, I believe it will go to Canelo Alvarez. And I think Triple G would have to be dominant. He'd have to clearly win probably probably seven or eight of the 12 rounds. Uh, I, I think he's going to have to be clearly uh, dominant on a lot of levels uh, during the course of this fight and to earn a decision. Um, so I think it does tip a little bit in favor of De, uh, of De La Hoya's side and Canelo Alvarez's side. Uh, if it was a even 50-50 fight at the end of the bell. Uh, but if it's dominated by Triple G, I do feel he will get a fair shake, in my opinion. 
I totally, totally, 100% disagree with you. I, I don't think that he will get a fair decision at all. And let me give you some reasons really? why. Let me give you some reasons tell me, why. Tell me, tell me. Um, uh, first and foremost, everything to do with this fight, everything from the, fa from the fact of even making the fight uh, at this stage versus, you know, a couple of years ago, three years ago, um, has been uh, Canelo and Golden Boy. I mean, they are in the driver's seat. The, the everything to do with the fight, the money uh, division, you know, the purse split in Canelo's favor. The, the, he gets to walk out second, Canelo's favor, even though Triple G has got all the belts. It doesn't matter. Canelo is, is the front line. He's the A side, all right? Um, Canelo is, is being branded as a star. Uh, you know, I questioned, uh, you know, and, and I don't know how I even questioned my man Coach. But in the chat room yesterday, he had said that there was uh, a funky rematch clause. And we had talked about the rematch clause. We had said nobody, no fighter would put uh, their titles on the line without a rematch clause. Well, check it out. The rematch clause in this particular fight is only for Canelo. If Triple G wins the fight, Canelo can exercise a, 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 a rematch clause. But if Canelo wins the fight, Triple G can't get a rematch. So I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I, I'm talking about like, you know, I, I criticize the top two divas in boxing, and in the order I have it as uh, uh, Andre Ward and Miguel Cotto. But guess what? There's a new diva in town, and his name is Canelo Alvarez. I am shocked and appalled that the only way that Triple G could get this fight is to concede every possible concession to to uh, to Canelo, and 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 furthermore, to back that. Uh, to add to that, I should say, there is no way in hell that Triple G will get a fair decision in Las Vegas with that gutless, spineless piece of garbage named Bob Bennett, who's the uh, com executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, guarantee that Oscar De La Boy is shoving some money under the table for the three stooges, which we're going to call the three judges, the referee in that fight, and the executive director, Bob Gutless, spineless piece of garbage, Benlet, to give that fight to Canelo. The only way, in my opinion, that Triple G can win this fight if he knocks the F out uh, of Canelo, if he knocks Canelo the F out. That, that's the only way, Sal. So I, I, I have to disagree. As, as much as we would want it to be fair, it ain't going to be, my man. Well, Bill, I'll tell you, remember Paul Harvey? And now the rest of the story. Well, you didn't tell me that missing piece of uh, the evidence, or evident, which was the fact that if, if Triple G wins this fight, Canelo Alvarez has a rematch clause. But if Canelo Alvarez wins this fight, Triple G does not have that opportunity. I've never heard something so lopsided and so... Uh, much in favor of one fighter. So, Billy C., you convinced me <laughs> that, that I think Triple G is going to have to knock him from left field to the moon uh, in order to get a decision. And uh, you know what? I I really I lost a little bit of uh, a shine off of Canelo Alvarez and his whole camp there uh, just now, for that sole purpose. Yeah, but in do, all due respect, let's not forget. 
Let's not forget. And and before we blame, I mean, when we look at Andre Ward, he does the same crap. We look at Floyd Mayweather when he fought, he did the same crap. You know, those two guys, Miguel Cotto, same thing. You know, those three guys all control what they do. All right. I mean, let's be real. Floyd Mayweather is a master. He makes all the decisions for his career. He's not waiting for a promoter or a manager or somebody else to make a decision. Andre Ward has positioned himself to do the same. And so has Miguel Cotto. But in Canelo's case, with all due respect, Canelo Alvarez is letting Oscar De La Hoya make the decisions. So before we throw Canelo under the bus saying, oh, he's a diva, just like I already am calling him a diva, um, you know, it, it isn't him. It's Oscar De La Hoya. And, you know, it appalls me that they're going into this fight with all of the eggs in their basket. And let me tell you something. You know, the more I'm wavering back and forth with this fight, because it is a tough one to pick, uh, you know, this kind of, I believe that this is a strong motivational tool for Triple G. I mean, here's a guy that could conceivably say, hey, I'm not getting any respect. I'm not getting any respect from the powers that be. I'm not getting respect from certain fans. You know, I'm not getting any respect. That has to be a motivational tool. And you know what? This should be a lot of pressure on Canelo because Canelo going in as the A-side, being the so-called superstar of this fight, um, you know, he's got to perform too. He's bulked up. He's got a lot more muscle mass uh, from uh, photos I've seen. And uh, uh, Triple G uh, is Triple G. So I, uh, I tell you, man, I believe that Triple G must win by knockout. I don't think he's got a chance at a decision whether he batters uh, uh, Canelo around the ring for 12 rounds. I don't think this guy's going to get a decision in any way, shape, or form. Well, I'll tell you what. Draw a good case, Billy. And I'm going to I'm going to say this. You know, one thing that we have looking at this matter, and, and I'm going to try to explain this. You know, Canelo Alvarez is what, 28 years of age? Yeah, uh, 28. How old is Canelo? Uh, uh, Canelo? Can, yeah. Canelo is, uh, let me see, I have it right here. I think 20, 27. 27, okay. And Triple G is what, 36, 35? 35. All right, all right. Now I got to try to explain this in a, in a very delicate, non-offensive way. Why? But when you're why third, don't be okay, scared right. if you got to be offensive. Okay. Okay. Hey, you listen, I've thrown out us trying to be political correct on this show a long time ago. I am so sick of okay. tippy toeing around. So we don't want to offend anybody. Everybody's a bunch of wimps. You know, if you can't take a little uh, uh, offensive stuff every now and then, give me a break. If it's the truth, speak the truth. Damn it. All right, you know what? I love, I love Triple G on. Ah, you're breaking up, Sal. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. We can't even hear Sal right the now. The young man. I, I we missed you know everything we, you were saying. We missed everything you were saying. You what now? We we missed it. You were you you you, you went out. You know, so tilt your head the okay. other way and try again. Okay, here it goes. I'm trying again. I'm in my car. I got Wi-Fi, and, and here we can try it again. Listen, I think Triple G. He's a 35, 36-year-old man. You got a different mentality and mindset as a man, in all due respect to a young man, which is Canelo Alvarez. And you know what? When you're 35, 36, you have arrived. You feel you could do things. And there's the old fight-or-flight syndrome. Triple G is not the kind of guy that's going to flight, walk away from a challenge. And I believe what you said is going to be true, that Triple G has looked at all of the 
odds or all of the facets that, that Twinkletoes Bella Hoya wanted to put in front of Triple G to consider and to make concessions for. And he's using every one of those things as fuel for his fire because he believes in his heart of hearts he doesn't have to worry about all this stuff because he's going to go in there, he's going to be dominant, and he's going to chew him up and spit him out. That's his mindset. That's his passion. That's his power. That's what he believes. Whether it's the truth, we're going to see fight night. But that's why that Triple G has made some of these concessions, which is totally biased for the Canelo camp. And I'm very disappointed with that rematch clause. I We're going to take a short break, uh, and when we come back, we got some more uh, on uh, on the Triple G Canelo fight. Uh, I got some arrival quotes. I got an update on Anthony Joshua, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Hi again. I apologize for... Uh, the stream, there's a couple of streams that are uh, not behaving themselves today. So uh, uh, if you're getting frustrated, uh, we will uh, upload a clean version of this show uh, within the next 24 hours. So uh, uh, hang tight. Um, before we went to break, we were talking about uh, the fair shake. Can Triple G get a fair shake against Canelo in Las Vegas? Can, does he have to win by knockout? I personally think he does. Um, I got some arrival quotes I'm here with uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. I think uh, we are having trouble with uh, everything. So uh, even Sal's uh, connection. So we apologize for that. I'm here. But, and I, I know, but uh, I'm just saying we have uh, we have some problems, Sal. So um, Canelo Alvarez, arrival quote says, "I can assure you that I'll do my part and I'll do my best to give you all a beautiful fight. The most important thing for me is a win. I always prepare myself to give the best. I want this for my people, my team, my country." And that's what I'm going to do Saturday. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to win this fight. I prepare, <coughs> excuse me. I prepared myself for the knockout. Look, anything can happen in this fight, but that's what I prepared for to knock him out. Triple G says, I'm uh, Gennady Golovkin until I walk into the ring. And that's when I turn into Triple G. It's not that I'm mean or angry. I'm just more focused. This is the perfect fight for fans and the perfect fight for me. I will enjoy it. I've wanted him, meaning Alvarez, because of the Cotto fight when he became the mandatory challenger. I'm old school. I think there should be just one champion. All my career, I've been denied the fights. I wanted Felix Sturm. I wanted Martinez. I wanted Cotto. That ends Saturday night. I, I, you know, I, I believe it. You know, in, in most wow. cases, I, I, you know, over the years, I've learned, Sal, not to fall for the BS, not to fall for, for this type of you know, promotional. Uh, that's why I don't ever quote promoters. This is going to be the best fight you ever saw. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 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 you're full of shit. You know, the, the bottom line is this. I believe that from my heart of hearts that both of these fighters 
despite my attitude towards everything going Canelo's way and the contract and everything, I believe that this fight is putting two guys against each other that want this fight bad and feel they got something to prove. That's why, like yesterday's show, I was saying that this fight is going to be one of those memorable fights. This is a fight that people are going to be talking about for years to come, if not forever, because uh, I, I honestly believe. Now, if this becomes anticlimactic, I'm going to be, I might not even follow this sport anymore because the truth of the matter is, you know what, Sal? If these two guys can't give us a performance like they're promising, I, I can't believe any other fighter, well, you know, any other words that come out of fighter's mouth. I'm sorry. Billy, I, I, uh, <laughs> I agree, pal. This is going to be a war. This is going to be a fight. This is going to be two combatants that are ready for this fight that have prepared for this fight mentally, emotionally, physically. They have been training, focused, and ready. We haven't heard any excuses from either training camp as far as how it's going along. This is this is a bona fide, solid, 100%. Let's get these two warriors in a ring, and one's going to come out with their hand in the air. That's the kind of fight we're going to see. And I agree with you, Bill. This cannot be an anticlimactic fight. These are fighters that come to the ring, that come to the fight, that come to win, that come to desire to be a champion. And with that being said, they're not going to be too hard or too difficult to find each other. And uh, that's why I really feel that this is going to be, as you suggested, one of the most memorable fights that we have seen in a very, very long time. Uh, I got some emails to read that I want to try and get out of the way before uh, we kick you to the curb uh, for Larry because, uh, you know, most of the time uh, a lot of them are addressed to both of us. So uh, this first one is from Jesse, and he says, uh, Hey, Billy C. and Sal, what's your thoughts on timeouts when a kick is going for a field goal? Uh, I think they got to get rid of that or only call timeout when it reaches the 10-second countdown. This is hurting and delaying the game. You know, he's talking about ice in the kicker. Listen, when you're in the NFL and you've reached that point in your career, and let's face it, whether you're sitting on the bench for an NFL team or whether you're the starter, you're the creme de la creme of, of American football. There's, there's no question about it. And kickers and punters are included. So if a kicker really gets, you know, his nerves get upended or whatever by the icing of a kicker, then he's in the he's got the wrong job. You know, I, you know it is what it is. It's a... It's a uh, you know, a, a move that coaches make, uh, you know, uh, it's a normal practice. I, I think a kicker should expect to be iced. So uh, I, I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. He says, I heard that Albert Machado will face uh, Jezreel Corrales on HBO. Your thoughts? Um, you know, I, I want to see Jezreel Corrales in, in a fight. His last fight was, you know, he squeaked out a win. I, I mean, I, to me, he hasn't had a defining fight. So uh, I, I want to see him. You know, I want to see him. I, you know, I, Machado's a, a good opponent, but uh, uh, I want to see Corrales get to that next level. He says, uh, what were the boxing gloves made out back then? Uh, was it made out of kangaroo skin? I felt a kangaroo skin baseball glove, and they are soft, and uh, you can really feel the ball. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. You know, I never heard of kangaroo skin being used for boxing gloves I, I always thought it was uh it was leather soft softened leather i know horse hair was used to stuff them and do, do you know anything about that i mean you've been around 150 years well it's going to be 151 very soon but i do 
know that, you know, it was originally all made of stuffing the horse hair inside the glove. The leather I just took for granted was a regular cowhide leather. Uh, I never heard of kangaroo skin, uh, and that would be a first. And uh, I'll tell you, I think you'd have more boxers coming out of Australia if that was the case, no pun intended. Uh, and there'd be a little more hopper, jumper, skip in those gloves. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, there was pun intended with that one. You know, a lot of a lot of fights back in the day were in Australia. Uh, it's a good question. I'll, I'll, I'll try to look into that, Jess. And uh, one last question he has. Uh, I read that Joshua Pulov has already sold uh, 70,000 tickets. Is that true? Yeah, I got confirmation about that. Uh, from uh, Matchroom. Uh, indeed, they've sold uh, in one day 70,000 seats uh, for that upcoming fight. The arena that they fight in will seat a maximum of 80,000, and by the time we're airing this show right now, it's probably already sold out. And uh, if anybody has a question of the drawing power of my man AJ, I think that speaks volumes right there. Uh, we got an email from Raheem. Hey, Billy C., it's Raheem. I'm looking forward to the Triple G Canelo fight. I think this will be a great fight. Both fighters are at their uh, best prime conditions and ready to rumble. I think Canelo has learned a lot after his loss to Mayweather, and he's changed the way he boxes and seems quicker than ever with great power. Triple G hasn't lost a fight, but has shown that he can fight with power too. I think Canelo will win this fight because he fought better opposition, including Floyd. And then he throws in who broke Marciano's record. Still, Raheem, you, you, you don't get it about the record, so I'm not even going to go there. Uh, he says, uh, I think uh, for Triple G, he needs to win. He needs to, to, in order for him to win, he needs to land strong punches early or he's going to have trouble. Um, it is going to be a good fight. I do think it's good for boxing. I agree with you. And I actually agree that I think Canelo has improved since his loss to Mayweather. I think he learned a lot uh, in that fight. So uh, thanks for the email. Raheem. And one last email. I'm running through him to get him done here, Sal. Uh, this is from our man, Joel. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., how do you feel about the news last night that Jorge Lara is added to Joe, Jojo Diaz fight on Saturday? I did read that there's a backup in place, Rafael Rivera, who was training for the fight uh, following, uh, for a fight that was scheduled for the following week. I'm disappointed because I was looking forward to it, but that's the sport. You know, injuries happen. Uh, Jorge Lara, uh, is a guy that had a great opportunity. Um, it's not like a guy that I, I would think, uh, um, you know, backed out of the fight because, you know, he was fighting over money. I, I can't see it. But anytime you lose a fight uh, a couple of days before the fight itself uh, is, a, is, is a problem, you know, especially uh, since that fight was on the pay-per-view. But look at Rafael Rivera. This is a great opportunity. And let me tell you something. To get a last-minute uh, opponent, uh, especially when you're preparing for someone else, different style or whatever, uh, is more in the last-minute opponent's favor. Uh, Jojo Diaz uh, will be tested, uh, I think, uh, more. But it's unfortunate for us, the fan, who has to buy uh, that fight. I thought the Lara fight was a much better fight. He says, I also have to agree with what you and Sal uh, said on the show yesterday. Uh, Deontay Wilder isn't the best heavyweight. And I really question if he'll ever step in the ring with AJ. As long as AJ keeps bulldozing opponents, I think he'll be less and less likely we'll ever see the two of them in the ring at the same time. I'm sure Wilder would price himself out of the fight, much like he did with Dillian White, to avoid fighting him. I'm happy that Wilder will be fighting Ortiz. However, I feel that he sees something in Ortiz, and that's the only reason he's taken the fight be it uh, maybe age or inactivity, but I hope I'm wrong and Ortiz knocks out Wilder, but I doubt it. Um, 
I, again, I think Deontay Wilder, although I don't think he's that great, Sal, uh, because he hasn't been tested, I, I really think Deontay Wilder is a guy that wants to fight. I, I think he believes he's good. I, I think his management is being cautious with him because they know the holes in his armor. Uh, I haven't heard that the Ortiz fight was signed, sealed, and delivered yet. I know that they were negotiating, um, but that is a fight I would like to see. Uh, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, I feel the same way about Deontay Wilder. I think he is talented. I think he's capable of, of, of uh, beating a lot of people out there. Uh, I do believe that he believes that he is the best out there and no uh, no fault of his own because, you know, that's how you have to approach every fight when you go in with the confidence and, and level that you could uh, be uh, the, the, the winner of these fights. Uh, and I do believe that he is also going to uh, try to maneuver and position where he has to be. But I also know that his training camp and his whole uh, management team and promotional team is going to be guarded and careful where they place him. I think he's going to have a hell of a test if he fights Ortiz. And uh, that will expose or uh, enforce a lot of what we will find out about Deontay Wilder. Uh, Deontay Wilder against Joshua. Like I said, if that ever does come out and come down, uh, any any fighter on any given night, you'll have uh, styles there that would probably be a good contrast on some levels and a good similarity on some others. And I think it'd be a good fight. And uh, I could see the Wilder uh, moving, boxing, and, and and staying away. And I could see Joshua also catching him and knocking him out. So it, it's going to be a fight that I would love to see. Whether we see it this year or next year, well, it's not going to be this year. Uh, maybe next year it would be a great time to probably see this by next summer. So we'll see. Sal, uh, great uh, great point there. Uh, we will be getting back to you uh, a little later, all right, my man? I'll expect or I'll look for a call in probably about an hour or so, and I'll you, be ready, pal. You got it. We'll talk later. That's Sal Rocky Senecola. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're scheduled to have Larry Hazard. So don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Hey, fight fans. Check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. KO Fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out. www.kofantasyboxing.com. Select your own gym, your own fighters. Track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. You got to check this out, man. www.kofantasyboxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.kofantasyboxing.com. And tell them Billy C sent you. Broadcasting in all corners of the globe on the web and radio. He would scoff at a stretch of that man, I would think. You're listening to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. From upstate New York in the good old U.S. of A. Boxing is here to stay because we are here to stay. The best two hours of boxing talk on the airwaves. The one, the only, Don King. Makes me feel good, Billy, to have you, the number one show in the country, talking boxing with Billy. So I invite each and every American that's listening to this great show to tune in. So we want you to be there with Billy and me. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? 
That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget... We are doing a Triple G Canelo post-fight show immediately after the official announcement is made Saturday night. So approximately six minutes after the fight, tune it in right here, wherever you're watching or listening to the show. Joining me right now, my man, Larry Hazard. What's up, Larry? Hey, Billy. What's going How on, my doing, man? How Billy? Hey, a uh, lot of stuff to talk about, man. So you ready to roll? Always ready, Billy. Always ready. First and foremost, Chocolito. Uh, he fights. Oh uh, he fights Saturday. Oh. You know, I, I I watched that fight last week, and I'm actually I, I I felt sadness because you know what I saw, and 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 I'm curious to get your thoughts. I saw a guy that looks like he doesn't. He's not into the sport anymore. And and, and I, you know we we've discussed it in depth. That, you know, it could be the fact that you know he met a guy that just has his number. It could be the fact that he moved up too much weight. It could be the fact that he aged, you know, 30 years old for that division is old. Um, you know, it could be a lot of things. But, you know, I'm watching him during the warm-ups when they threw the camera on him and stuff. And, you know, he kind of had that same look on his face that he had in the last fight. It's almost like the desire is gone. I, I think this guy should hang him up, Larry. And the reason is I think he's a, a step away from, from getting seriously hurt. What, what's your thoughts on on that fight and and where should he go from here well you get you got a good read on it uh it's just it just it, it just takes you back to 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 knowing man that um you know you you cannot play you cannot play boxing here's a kid who as i recall we had some conversation about him going back some time where Man, I was so high on this kid. I was already, um, you know, naming him pound for pound the best best going, man. I mean, to me, he was um, Alexis Aguayo's prototype, or Alexis was the prototype for him either way. Uh, but I was thinking to myself, man, uh, Aguayo must be turning over, you know, with this. He didn't, something has happened, or something happened to that kid, man. I don't know if it was that first fight that did it, or whether something has happened that we don't know about and will eventually hear about, but I have never seen the erosion of a fighter so quickly as, as I have seen with this, this kid, Chocolito. Um, you know, I actually thought that he was going to come back and win this fight because I thought that he did pull it out in the first one. Although he got, you know, it was close, and he finally kind of got got going, and I, I really thought that he had won that first fight, okay, and that, okay, he's going to come back now and redeem himself even you know, even by a knockout or a stoppage the other way. But, as you see, we, we were all disappointed, at least 
those of us who had faith in him. I really don't know, man. I don't know what happened. But this kid was nothing. He wasn't even a shadow of himself. He was just totally out of it. I watched that ring walk, man, when he was coming when he was coming into the ring, coming down the you know, coming down the path to the ring. I said, Man, this guy he just don't look like he's into this. No. You know, like he was out in La La Land somewhere with that expression on his face. Yes. And and even right from the early part of the fight, it it seemed like he was trying to complain about something early on that was really nothing, you know. And I'm saying, man, he uh, something's wrong here. And shortly thereafter, we saw, I, I mean, he was just totally controlled. Every time he would throw something, uh, the opponent would would just say, okay, that's, that's what you got? Now, try this. You know, he'd just come right back. I'm saying, wow, man. He just looks so um, submerged uh, in that fight uh, beneath his opponent. I, I have no idea what happened. Yes. But it just, goes, it just goes to show. It just goes to show you, you never know. But like I always say, anything can happen. Anything can happen in a fight. And certainly it played out in that fight against uh, with Chocolito. Very disappointing. You know, I've been around fighters a long time. And, uh, you know, I've learned to read between the lines. And, you know, you make a good point. In that fight, he started complaining early. And he also, the other telltale that a fighter isn't going to win a fight is when they start tapping gloves after every round. You know, they, they, they want to be friends. You know, and, and listen, being a sportsman after a fight and stuff, I, I'm all for it. I, I, I respect fighters that, that go into battle and then after the fight, you know, hey, that was our job. You know, we're buddies now. But during a fight where they're tapping and high fiving and winking and looking like they want to get a hotel room, I, to me, that is, uh, that, that's a sign that I want to be your friend. I don't want to fight you. And, uh, you know, that, that's what Chocolito was doing. And the other thing that, that, you know, came to light is that, and a lot of people, this wasn't in the media a lot, but if you, if you remember, the guy before the first fight with this uh, Rungs of Al, he had lost his longtime trainer who was uh, training him from the amateurs. And then he had brought in another guy who was in the corner for the first fight. Then he got rid of that guy, and he was with a, 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 a trainer from Japan uh, for this second fight. So there was clearly some, some uh, you know, non, there was no stability, in, his, in my opinion, in, in his training camp, and it, it, it definitely leaked out. He looked like a beat fighter in the dressing room. He really did, and uh, I hope he hangs him up because I don't, I don't see any, any rebound from this. I, once you lose the desire, Larry, it's over, right? Well, that, that type of performance is very hard to come back from. So I agree with you absolutely on this. Um, he should hang it up. If he doesn't have the desire, he definitely should hang it up before he, um, before he gets seriously injured. Hey, hey Larry, I, I, I got uh, several other things I want to talk to you about. Real quick, uh, we got to see uh, 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 Inoue fight. And his nickname is The Monster, uh, which is kind of funny when you, you're thinking about the weight class. But he looked really impressive. I mean, he battered Nueves uh, around. Do you see a future for this guy, and do you see a future for him here in the States? 
Yes, I do. And I mean, how, how do you like that jab, man? God, Ooh. I mean, I mean, he just, it, you, you know, it, it, I very rarely listen to the announcers anymore because I get really sick to my stomach, especially Showtime. But yeah. uh, one thing I agreed, and this was HBO, of course, but one thing I agreed, I think it was Max Kellerman said, um, you heard this guy. Every punch he threw, you heard. And what made it e even more, I mean, you know, you hear Anthony Joshua's punches, you hear Triple G's punches, you know. But when you're listening to a flyweight or a super flyweight and you're hitting these thudding punches and, and you could see it on Webe's face, I mean, he was... He was looking for a spot in that ring to hide. I mean, if if there was if there was a a box, he would have crawled into it. You know, in his corner, you know, I I really hate, and you've said it a million times. I hate when the corner is is too tough for their fighters. I mean, this guy, you know, if he knows his fighter, and he should know his fighter better than anyone, he knew that this kid didn't have a chance. I don't think there was any any disgrace in in, in stopping that fight a round or two sooner. There, there, no way was Nueve's going to win that fight. I, I think they let him take uh, an extra round of, of punishment uh, unnecessarily. Well, once again, you know, like I always, you know, like you've seen it, the, cor the cornermen and referees are the bravest people in the sport of boxing. Some, some, not all, but, you know, that's, that's where you see the bravery. And referees and cornermen, but um, I agree. You know that that fight could have been stopped uh, around or so sooner because that kid was just totally out of that. He had a tiger by his tail, man, and um, <laughs> there was no way he was getting out of there uh, without getting you know carried out or stopped. He he knew that, and that was the look on his face too. He's like, uh, he's looking for yeah, help. Yeah, when he you look when, when you look at your corner, you know what? When your trainer is talking to you in between rounds, and you got that look on your face, you got to stop. You got to protect that kid. You know, I, I mean, oh. I, you know, I, I can't stand everybody's so critical of referees and stuff like that. But you know what? It comes from the corner first, my man. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. With, yeah. without question. Um, without question. I wanted to get your thoughts real quick on. Uh, you know, I, you know I love Anthony Joshua. I know you're a fan too, and and he's fighting Pulov. He's 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 honoring his, a mandatory. Uh, you know, P Pulov's a big guy, and so I, I've gotten to see him fight live, and uh, I, I don't think AJ's going to have any problem with him. But what it's your thoughts on the drawing power this kid has? There, there, there. You know, they had whatever it was, ninety thousand people for the Klitschko fight, but now for Pulov, I mean that's Klitschko. But Pulov, they sold seventy thousand seats in this arena in one day and probably as we're live right now the rest of the 10,000 arena seats 80,000 was probably sold out now I mean what's that telling you about this kid Anthony Joshua well it tells you he has arrived we have another real heavyweight champion okay and um, Deontay Wilder and these other guys you know they better take a look at that because um, to me, this guy, and, and believe me, I, I do not put him on the level with Ali, but I think that he really has the potential of being close to, you know, bringing the type of excitement that Ali did for the past era in terms of the heavyweight division. He can fight. He's good-looking. The kid... You know, he has that linear, muscular, ectomorphic body style. All of these things go together 
with being heavyweight champion. Yeah, but wait, wait, remember one thing, and we've talked about this too, and I don't, and I and I don't mean to cut you off, but it's really the burden, you know, the success for Anthony Joshua, and I agree. I mean, it's not like we're comparing him to Ali, but Ali had something that we hope AJ gets. And that's willing dance partners. Ali had Norton and Foreman and Frazier and, uh, you know, the rest of the guys that, that he fought, all those great heavyweights, they all were willing to fight. We have some dance partners for AJ. The question is, are they willing to fight the guy? Well, we'll see. We'll see. But, but, but what, I'm, what, what I'm trying to say is I'm building that foundation. Before, before we discovered the dance partners for Ali, there was still a lot that Ali brought to the to the dance by himself, you know. So, you know, he put us in search of those partners. Now, what you're saying is very, very true. I mean, you know, you can't discount that. Without those dance partners, you know, we will never see exactly how good this kid is. But if these guys are willing to fight him, then I think that he does have all of the equipment to really generate the type or close to the type of excitement that we had during the Ali era, or at least close to it. Because, you know, that fight with Klitschko became like a signature introduction to what this guy, the potential that, what, that he really has. And, you know, there's Wilder, there's some of these other heavyweights out there. If they're willing to step up and fight this guy, not only are they going to are they going to do a lot for themselves, provided they are competitive, they're going to do a hell of a lot for reviving the sport of boxing through the heavyweight division, the way it has always been. So I'm I'm very excited about uh, uh, about Joshua, and I think that he does have the potential to do it. Um, this weekend we got a huge fight, Larry, uh, Triple G Canelo. Uh, you know, we've been breaking it down, dissecting it uh, every every which way. But uh, a simple question I have for you is this. And, and you know, I know I know you hate it when I say what I'm about to say because, you know, you can't comment. But I, I've lost a lot of respect for the Nevada State Athletic Commission, specifically Bob Bennett. And, you know, I have this funny feeling. You know, I'm reading some of the some of the things that are coming out now about the contracts and rematch clauses and uh, how they work, and, and you know, who's the A side, who's coming out first. I mean, Triple G's the champion. He's got all the belts. They're actually billing uh, Canelo as the linear champion because he b had beaten, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, anyway, uh, he won, who, who the heck did he beat? Um, Martinez, Sergio Martinez for the, Sergio, uh, for the yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so, so my, my, my question is this. Do you think Triple G would get a fair decision in Las Vegas if he beat uh, Canelo, uh, you know, and didn't knock him out? Or, or do you feel like myself that Triple G has to get a knockout to win this fight? Well, honestly, I think, I think, that, he, I think that he could get a fair decision. You know, I, I, ha I have to feel that way, you know. Uh, and, and I really do. Um, I think that... Uh, you know, if he performs uh, well, he's going, I, I think he could get a, a, a fair decision. Because I don't think that the fight is going to end in a knockout. So we're going to find out. 
Okay, we are going to find out. Um, I think that he has a a, a big mountain to climb, though, against uh, Canelo, because I think that there was a lot exposed in Triple G in the Danny Jacobs fight. I, I, I saw some things that uh, I hadn't seen, and uh, I'm wondering if uh, the Canelo camp um, see, has, uh, saw it. I know that Canelo has he has decent boxing skills. He gives his opponents a lot of movement, and uh, you know he he's he's aggressive. And somehow I think I, I saw in the uh, in the fight with Danny that uh, Triple G had had some trouble with some of those elements. So we're gonna see how it plays out. He, you know, he, but I but I I do think he could get a fair decision in in Nevada. If, if he performs well. You know, you, you make a good point about Triple G, and fighters that have movement seem to give him a little trouble, even though I think that Triple G is the best ring general in, in boxing and has been for, that the last, for the last 20 years. I mean, this guy, not only does he cut the ring off, he, he anticipates where a fighter is going to try to go next, and he's already yeah. there. Yeah. The thing that Danny Jacobs did, and, and this will forever be a question mark in my mind because there's a lot of talk about it and they felt that, you know, he, he, he wanted that fight to go to distance. Abel Sanchez making suggestions that he wanted the fight to go to distance to coax Canelo in, blah, blah, blah. I'm not so sure I buy that. But, but the truth of the matter is, is Danny Jacobs is able to uh, land effective effective punches while he's on the move and that is what gives triple g trouble the yeah. problem with canelo is he can't do that canelo he throws punches on the move but they're not effective and and the only way i've seen canelo even though he's improved greatly over the last several years the one thing that i've noticed that he has not been able to improve is to do that to hit on the move effectively he almost he definitely has to plant his feet and then let his hands go that's when he does the most damage to his opponents he works the body he knocks out people he's planted and it's like textbook if he tries to get away with that against triple g he's going to be in triple g's wheelhouse it's going to be interesting i don't know if this fight's going to go to the scorecards i i really don't i i you know, because and Canelo could knock out Triple G just just as well. So I I don't know. I think this fight is going to end before twelve rounds. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb, okay, and I feel comfortable in doing it uh, since we're talking strategy. If if this fight doesn't go the limit, then I think it's going to be Canelo with his hands raised. That's just my my opinion. You think Canelo knocks out Triple G before Triple G knocks out Canelo? Yes, that's what I believe. Wow. That's, that's what I believe. Wow. Yep. I, I, I uh, you know, if we were having this conversation, uh, you know, two years ago, I, I wouldn't have even given Canelo a chance. Um, but to me, this is a 100% 50-50 fight. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the odds are uh, on it in, in Vegas, but to me, this is a 50-50 fight. And I think we're, people are going to be surprised um, when they see the two fighters in the ring. I believe Canelo will be the bigger guy. Now, he, he won't be taller because uh, Triple G's got an inch and a half on him. But I think girth and size, you're going to say, wow, 
uh, Triple G's not that big of a guy. And and that's been my, my platform for, for years about Triple G. Everybody talks about, oh, he's a monster, he's a killer, he's a giant in the middle. No, he's not. He's not that big, you know. And uh, I think you're going to really see it uh, on Saturday night. Well, one thing, I, one thing I love is that I love this conversation we're having because, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a boxing purist uh, in a global fashion, okay? This is the type of conversation that I've been yearning to have for years, okay, when we can sit down and agree to disagree talking about two very, very, very talented fighters who are fighting each other. We really don't know who's going to win. That's the way boxing should be. You give your viewpoint, I give mine. We can talk about, you know, the strong points of one, weak points of other. This tells me how much alive the great sport of boxing is. We have come back from the dead because we were damn near in the grave at one point. And you know for a fact this is something that we talked about for a lot of t- for a long time now, Billy, where we you know we'd have a fight. This is a pay-per-view event. This is an event that I am going to buy, and I cannot wait to see. And so you know, it's great. And and like I said, I think that if it goes the distance, that um, Canelo's going to win. So we'll see. But it's great to be having this conversation. I uh, you know so so basically you're picking Canelo because. If uh, you said, I, I think if it goes the distance, they're going to rob Triple G and give it to Canelo. And then I said, well, I don't think it's going to go the distance. And you said, well, if it doesn't go the distance, you're picking Canelo. So you're uh, so either way, it sounds like you're picking Canelo. I'm having yep. a hard, I'm having a hard time, but uh, but maybe uh, maybe uh, we'll put dinner on the line. I'm going to go the other way because <laughs> okay. uh, because uh, I, uh, I I I I think Triple G. I think that, you know, he conceded all that stuff and he really has I, I think this is the kind of fight that you don't have to plant seeds of motivation in fighters, but if anybody has a little edge on motivation, I think it's Triple J. And uh um I'll be glad to, to have you treat a steak dinner uh anytime. So uh well, I, I, well, I think I, I really think I really think they caught him at the right time. Though. No, no, that hey listen. Uh, there's no question that they waited, and the and the the, the weight has definitely favored Canelo. Yes. He's gotten better. He's gotten you yep. know he's grown into his body, and eight years is a big difference. Um, and, and when you look at the you know I've dissected uh, the records, uh, you know I've looked at all the fights, and actually they both have uh, ten. Well, Canelo has eleven fighters that I would rate above average or or top opposition. And he went ten and one against those eleven fighters. Of course, losing to Floyd. And uh, when you look at Triple G, he too has fought ten uh, upper level opponents, and he's ten and zero. So uh, this fight is a lot closer on paper too. So it's going to be a good one. And if you got some time, uh, let me know because I'd love to have you come on the post fight show and uh, oh, give I'm us ready. your thoughts. I'm ready. All right, all right. So I'll I'll give you a shout. Um, yep. Uh, on uh, on yourself. One last question, Larry. Um, it was announced uh, earlier in the week that the World Boxing Super Series in one of the best fights uh, of that series is going to be in Newark, New, Jer- New Jersey. I- I'm gonna, I-, I might want to come down for that fight. I mean, you got, you got room for me or what? Anytime. You just let me know. Well, you let uh, me know. It's going to be at the Proof. 
Soviets approved. I can't, I can't, I can't handle these names, but you know, and that that's is that Gassiev uh, and and Waljowick or whatever his name. Yeah, it's Vlad Zarek, Vlad Zarek against Gassiev, and Gassiev's yeah. a champion. And uh, I, you know, I would love to come down. I will uh, reach out to you, and we'll make plans. It's on Saturday, October twenty-first, and uh, uh, I love this World Boxing Super Series, and uh, that's a fight yeah. to to see, especially in New Jersey. Well, man, I hope that just keep coming. I'm I'm feeling real good about that Hard Rock opening up next next uh, May in Atlantic City. Um, you know that that Hard Rock. You know they've always been into boxing, so I'm getting some good vibes coming out of there. That uh, that they really want to do some things. So I'm I'm very hopeful. So yeah. what you do is just give me a shout out. You know you got to see that ringside anytime, or or not at ringside, but at the commissioner's table. Okay. Sounds good to me. I, I'm going to make plans to come down for that fight because. Uh, uh, I, I'm really into this World Boxing Super Series and the Cruiserweights. And, uh, hey, I, I, I'll collect on my dinner, too. You know, while okay, I'm there. very you good. Know, there I, you go. That's <laughs> it. Hey, listen, I'll definitely be calling you for the post-fight show Saturday night, so uh, be waiting for that, all right? Okay, Billy. All right, okay, brother. buddy. You have a good one. You too. Take care. That's uh, Boxing Hall of Famer uh, Larry Hazard. And, uh, geez, I hope, I hope I'm not buying him the filet mignon dinner uh, on, uh, on the 21st. But, uh, hey, get tickets, man. Go down to Jersey. That's the uh, fight you want to see. Uh, Gazia Vladzarek in New Jersey. Let's help bring uh, boxing back uh, to the state of New Jersey. Uh, that's for sure. Hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, uh, we will have uh, the blast from the past this week. Winky Wright. Winky Wright. He's a blast already? Yeah, he is. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching Endless to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, don't forget to be with us on Saturday night, approximately six minutes after the official announcement of the winner of Triple G Canelo. Tune it in right here, wherever you're watching or listening to this show uh, for the Billy C. Triple G Canelo post-fight show. We will give you our thoughts, and uh, we'll open up the phone lines and get your thoughts. So, uh, hey, everybody's all jacked up after these big fights, and it's, you know, 1 in the morning. Uh, where else are you going to go? You're going to come right here to our uh, post-fight show. Well, it's that time again. Uh, we are doing uh, one of our longest-running segments, the Blast from the Past, and this week's Blast from the Past is being brought to us uh, by... KOFantasyBoxing.com. Check it out, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. Uh, sign up today. And, of course, the Title Bout Championship computer game. Download the newest version. It's easy. Just visit our website, www.BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the Title Bout banner, which is right there. You can't miss it. It's on the right-hand side. Uh, this week's uh, Blast from the Past uh, features uh, former world champion Winky Wright, or should I say Ronald Winky, right. That's like a tongue twister. Joining me right now 
to tell us all about Ronald Winky Wright. Is my man Alex Propali. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Billy C. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. First and foremost, Winky Wright. Is it kind of like, I don't know, I'm older than you, but is it kind of like a blast from the past on Winky Wright? Isn't he still fighting? You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's like, oh my God, people are asking for blasts on this guy already? I mean, his last fight was four years ago, but I guess uh, I guess it's, it's, it's justifiable, right? Yep, he's in the Hall of Fame. So uh, what is it? I think it's six years now. Uh, 2012. Uh, so yeah, it's what? It's five years. He wait a minute. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet. No, he isn't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say. Yeah, wait a minute. Bad. He's not yeah, even eligible. It's five he's years. Eligible this year. Five years, right? 2018. Yeah, yeah he'll June be second. 2012 was his last fight. So five years. So he became eligible this June. So yeah, he probably will be on the ballot this year. And. Um, I bet he gets in. I bet he gets uh, in. Look at the names on his uh, resume. Yeah, I, I think he's deserving of it. I um, mean, you know, this this is a guy who he's fought everybody. No, but he he did fight some big names. I mean, uh, you know, he's got a, a win over Felix Trinidad. Trinidad's in there. You know. Yeah. You know, Sugar Shane Mosley. He had his number. You know. Anyway, yep. tell tell us about Winky Wright. Okay, Ronald Winky Wright is uh, real name is actually Ronald Lamont Wright, and. Um, he uh, was born November 26, 1971, in Washington, D.C., and uh, he's five foot ten and a half. Uh, some um, some places actually, he uh, what was the other weight? Uh, their height on him was yeah five ten and a half. Actually, is in both places I saw. Uh, Cyber boxing zone claims some report sources say he might be a little shorter, more like five eight and a half, but. Uh, and he fought, um, he was a champion at 154, and uh, he held a title at 160. Um, so uh, two divisions there. Where did he get a, a middleweight title? He, uh, oh, maybe it was an eliminator. was an eliminator, my bad. It Which one, Sam Solom the Sam Solomon fight? Yeah, you're right. He, um, it was, uh, he won two elimination bouts. Uh, the bout, uh, middleweight elimination bouts. One was with Tito, and the other was uh, Sam Solomon. Uh, those were like, you know, qualifiers. And then he fought Jermaine Taylor, who was the middleweight champion, and got a draw in a fight that I thought he deserved. Yeah. Uh, he, you we'll know, get to that. in some of his losses, you know, this was a guy that, that was robbed. Uh, and, and I think... I think because of his style, and 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 I didn't mean to jump ahead, but it's it's justifiable. His style, which was defensive oriented, is you know I'm not comparing him to Floyd, but 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 in similar to Floyd, his focus was on defense. Defense, and what the difference between him and Floyd was Floyd got the nods for a lot of rounds that he fought being a defensive fighter. And Winky Wright seemed to not get the nod. I mean, I don't know. And you can't say that a defensive guy like Floyd was more exciting than Winky. I mean, Winky wasn't exactly an exciting fighter unless you forced him to be. So I don't know. It's a tough one to look at his career because I felt he did get robbed in several fights, Alex. Yes, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think the, the chief among them, and it hurts me to say it because I love that guy so much, uh, I thought he beat Fernando Vargas, 
And that was a, a really uh, important fight at the time for both guys. Uh, it was a close fight. Um, that was in 1999. It was when the junior middles were amazing. Uh, well, the junior middles, you had Vargas and Trinidad, which I just mentioned in the chat room. Uh, this week, I keep thinking, uh, if we have a fight like that, man, that would be awesome. But this week, you know, and in our buildup for Canelo Triple G, I keep thinking that we haven't, I, I haven't been as excited for a fight uh, as I have uh, since Vargas Trinidad. So that was one of those idea things that Winky comes out of that uh, age of junior middleweight. Uh, 154 was a pretty hot, and 147 at the time was hot too because you had Delahoya, you had Mosley, Vargas. Winky had a style. Uh, you're right. He was defensive, but it was not a uh, counterpunching style. He could counterpunch, but he used that uh, sort of crab or case, not crab, but like he would use like a case defense and he would get those hands up and take punches on his forearms and um, just go defensive. If he had the right opponent, that fight against Sam Solomon was an exciting fight. If he had a guy... Uh, against him that threw a lot of punches, he was fun. Because unlike Mayweather, who uses distance um, to sort of keep an opponent, uh, keep him in a safe position, and then goes in and out, in and out really quickly, and, and you know is able to slip punches and stuff, Winky would take them on his arms or take them on that defense, uh, you know, catch them, uh, and then counter. So he stayed a little closer. Um, but again, you know, when you see a guy with his hands up and the other guy's just sort of landing, sometimes that's not always fun to watch. Um, so yeah, he did suffer because of that, because people thought his, uh, as much as he was just a superb boxer, uh, because he was sort of defensive minded style, people disliked it. He sort of, you know, as an amateur, he's a really good amateur. He had been 139 USA champ, 139 pounder. Uh, he sort of was in the gap there between Olympics, um, so he did not fight. I don't see that he was in the Olympic trials between like 88 and 90. He was a 139 pound champion a couple times in the USA. Um, one of the things that he did a lot um, as a pro because of his style, he was a road warrior. He fought in Luxembourg, he fought in Germany, he fought in France, he fought in Monaco, um, just to get fights. And, um, you know, he just, he kept winning. That was one of those things. When you're, uh, when you have a style like this, Billy C, when you, uh, want some, one of the worst things you could do for your career, the longevity of your career is keep winning because um, then nobody wants to fight you because you're uh, a difficult opponent. You know, just I agree with you, with you on that. But you know, just going back to the to the defense, um, you know the, the 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 problem that he had, I think, and and you made a good point. You know, when he's fighting a a fighter that uh, is just throwing punches and maybe you know just uh, landing on his uh, on his forearms or his elbows or whatever, and he's blocking the punches or they're not land you know landing significantly. Sometimes a judge might look at that as being, you know, not good and, and, and score it for the other guy just throwing the punches even though they're not landing. I think if Winky Wright would have returned fire a little more than he did throughout his career, that maybe some of those close fights like you, you indicated with the, uh, 
uh, Fernando Vargas fight, and then even a fight that he lost uh, against when he lost uh, his title against uh, Harry Simon uh, back in 1998. It was a similar fight. You know, I mean, it was a close fight, and it, it just seemed like he didn't throw enough punches. And even in his, you know, payday fight, in his last fight against uh, Kid Chocolate, uh, Peter Quinlan, in, in 2012, it was a similar fight. I mean, I thought that he you know, was faring well, but he just wasn't letting his hands go. I mean, he didn't get hurt, but he didn't let his hands go either. I mean, you got to be a defensive fighter to protect yourself. But on the other hand, you got to throw punches. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that that uh, probably did um, hurt him in the fight with uh, Jermaine Taylor, especially in that final round. If you remember, very little happened in that final round, and the fight was on the table. Uh, and if, um, if Winky stepped it up, uh, maybe he would have he would have been able to call himself middleweight champion because uh, he did end up with a draw. I, I thought that he won that fight again. You know, at the championship level, uh, especially in Vegas, I've always thought um, the, uh, the that that fight actually uh, with um, Jermaine Taylor was actually in Memphis, but. Uh, so what I'm about to say doesn't always jive, but does not apply. But um, uh, Vegas likes um, the busier fighter. They like action. They don't like defensive fighters. I mean, look at uh, like Pernell Whitaker, Oscar De La Hoya as an example. That was a major fight that I thought De La Hoya lost, uh, but they did not give it to um, uh, Whitaker. Um, and that was the thing with... Uh, Winky Wright versus Felix Trinidad. I, I thought uh, Winky won it or deserved it, but like you said, he probably left it on the table because in that last round he just was not busy. Um, the other thing that it, that does you can suffer from when you're getting hit like that and blocking punches, absorbing punches, but not in vital areas, not in scoring areas, uh, is that the judges can be deceived by it if they are hard enough that they knock you off balance. And that very likely what could have happened because when you read, I did not see the fight, but um, when you read about it, uh, Winky thought he won. His first loss was against uh, Julio Cesar Vasquez, and um, that was in um, in 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 France. He thought he outboxed him. He lost a decision. He was dropped five times. He claimed that he kept slipping and getting sort of brushed down. The ref, the ref, you know, and this sometimes happens if you're in uh, hostile territory, the ref kept calling him knock, knockdowns, and that's what eventually cost him the fight. But um, like I said, I, I had, have not seen that fight, so I don't know. Uh, I don't have an opinion on whether they were knockdowns or not, but that's the kind of thing that can happen if you're absorbing the shot rather than ducking out of the way of it like a Mayweather. Yeah, I, I mean, for sure. I mean, it backs up what, you know, what we were saying before. I mean... Um, uh, you know, you got to throw punches. You got to land significant punches. As far as, you know, not getting knocked down, slipping and all of that, um, you know, make it, make a change. Do something with your shoes. Stay away from that side of the ring. I mean, you know, make an adjustment, you know. But, uh, you know, he, he fought some big fights and won some big fights and was, like we suggested, robbed, uh, potentially robbed from others. Um, you know, I, I think his defining fights, how to be the win against uh, Trinidad, uh, his two uh, wins against Sugar Shane Mosley. Sugar Shane Mosley, remember, Sugar Shane Mosley at that time 
was starting to age, but he, he also was moving up in weight. I mean, as a lightweight, Sugar Shane Mosley was probably one of the best lightweights around. Um, so, I mean, but I still give Winky a lot of credit for beating him because he beat him twice. And, and I agree with you, Alex. I think that the Jermaine Taylor fight uh, could have went Winky's way, and I don't know if there would have been much of an outcry. I think there was more of an outcry that it was a draw, to be honest with you. Um, so I think he's won some big fights. Uh, I mean, Robert Pushup Frazier earlier in his career, uh, he won. So, I mean, when you take a look at the six losses that he's had, technically he's never been stopped. Three of those six came in the end of his career where he was not the same fighter. I mean, the B-Hop, Paul Williams, and then, of course, his last fight uh, three years after the Williams fight against Kid Chocolate, uh, Peter Quinlan. Um, you know, they were all losses, but he went the distance in all of them. I mean, with a guy like Winky Wright, you knew what you were getting. You were getting a rugged, tough fighter. I mean, this was a guy that was, was hard to stop, hard to hit. You know, I, again, I, I think... I think the only negative on on Winky Wright was that he didn't let his hands go enough, you know. And he was a southpaw, so he, really he he should have let his hands go more. It's uh, you know, it's tough, you know. I mean, um, you know, avoid getting hit. I mean, I get into this argument with people all the time, and again, this was a big difference with Winky versus Mayweather. And the only reason why I'm bringing Mayweather up is because he's known as a uh, as a defensive uh, fighter Mayweather like you said Alex and you said it perfect Mayweather used distance for his defense um, which in my opinion isn't the sweet science because Mayweather's not in a position to hit if he's away you can't hit him but he can't hit you Ronald Winky Wright was he was yeah. in uh, defensively solid so fighters weren't hitting or or they weren't landing flush but Winky was in position to counterpunch and failed to. Absolutely. He stayed in the pocket. And that's the other thing, too. Um, you know, he liked to mix it up. He was uh, he was a rugged, uh, tough opponent, dangerous opponent. And you've got to say, uh, of the age, he fought everybody. And the one, the one, it, it, well, it didn't, it wasn't happening at first, I think in part because he, he almost played the spoiler role on the career uh, of Fernando Vargas. Um, so he was like sort of locked out of those big name fights. Uh, and it was Shane Mosley, the badass that he was, who would fought, fight everybody who things had kind of run out for Shane a little bit, remember, because he had been the badass at welterweight after beating De La Hoya the first time, but then he lost, was upset by Vernon Forrest, lost back-to-back -back fights. Then he beat, uh, he came back, beat De La Hoya again in what a lot of people thought was controversial. I was at that fight. I didn't think it was controversial. Part of the controversy, however, did come when it was later revealed that that was the Balco fight. So Mosley was juiced on that fight. And at that time, Winky was shopping around for a fight and saying, somebody please it at, uh, you know, junior middle, fight me, fight me. And it was Mosley who said, yeah, let me do it. And uh, he got it. He got beat pretty soundly. And I think those two wins and the Trinidad win are definitely what um, put uh, Winky Wright. You know, give him most of his credentials for the uh, the Hall of Fame. Um, but I do think that uh, that does show you something about Sugar Shane Mosley. Was not only did he uh, lose once, uh, but then he lost, he fought him again. You know, he had a rematch clause. 
and uh, he was defeated again. And it wasn't until that, you know, the big moneymaker, uh, what's his name, um, uh, Fernando, uh, Felix Trinidad, rather, faced uh, Winky Wright until Trinidad's mystique was really gone. You know, it was Bernard Hopkins in 2001 that shattered that. And it was Winky fought uh, Trinidad in 2005. And it is probably one of the most lopsided, lopsided fights you could ever watch. Winky completely dominates him, shuts him down. Uh, it's sad. Trinidad can't do anything. Yeah, Trinidad. You know, it's almost like what we witnessed last weekend um, when fighters... And that's the that's the, the the one of the biggest negatives on on boxing in, in the sport of boxing, aside from you know fighters becoming uh, uh, damaged uh, forever. But uh, you know the diminishing of their skill set overnight. I mean, I don't think there's another sport that you know magnifies it as much as as boxing. You know, and uh, speaking of, uh, uh, did you hear that? Uh, totally off subject, but. Abdulzamov won that lawsuit, $22 million. Yes. So, yeah, so. yeah, I'm very happy about that. You know, uh, it's probably not a lot of consolation to the family, but it will certainly help uh, with um, the what what I'm sure are just absolutely ridiculous medical bills. Um, oh, just the daily routine. The daily routine that they have to go through. But anyway, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Winky Wright, I mean, we've been talking all about his style and and, uh, you know, uh, some of the lack of excitement. Uh, just to put it in perspective, his last knockout, uh, you have to go all the way back to 2002, Jason uh, Papillon uh, is a guy that uh, he knocked out, and, and you know, it just far and few in between. Despite a 43% knockout ratio, uh, all of those fights came early in his career because he just had morphed into a 100% defensive fighter. And, again, I, I can't emphasize – um, more that if he just let his hands go a little more, uh, several of those losses, at least three of them, would have been W's. Uh, you know, you can make the argument that the last three were just a combination of his own skills diminishing and, you know, fighting younger, uh, uh, stronger fighters, you know. True, true. Yeah, and I, and I think I, I just have to say just my own experience, the fight that I covered live, uh, a Winky Wright fight, was the Sam Solomon fight, which was, like I said, a middleweight, uh, like I said earlier, a middleweight uh, elimination bout. So this was uh, later in Winky's career. It was 2005. Uh, it was actually a really fun fight to watch because Sam Solomon fought like a man possessed. Uh, and that was exactly what Winky Wright needed to look good. So you had uh, this just little engine, uh, punching engine in Solomon, just throwing, hurling shots every round, and Winky just sort of covering up and picking him off. It was a really fun fight to watch, and... Um, and it did kind of show a thing about, uh, you know, no offense to my Connecticut brethren here, but uh, it's a little uneducate, uneducated boxing crowd there at Mohegan Sun because I remember they were very disappointed. They thought Solomon deserved the decision, but you can't give a decision to a guy who's just busy if he's completely ineffective. Uh, and that was the thing about it was Winky rendered him. Winky wasn't damaged at all. Um, 
And uh, it was, I, I thought it was a lot of fun to watch. And of course, that the next fight was the Jermaine Taylor fight. But if you look at um, Winky's uh, credentials, um, he fought all the tough guys at 154. And even in his second to last fight, he taught, fought one of the toughest guys, the sort of unsung hero at 147, who unfortunately was could never become what we thought of he would because of that tragic motorcycle accident. And that was uh, Paul the Punisher Williams. So, uh, yeah, Winky, uh, he, he's got some pretty good credentials. And, yeah. you know, he fought Bernard Hopkins, too. So there's another Hall of Famer. Yeah, no, I, Winky Wright was, was a fighter that was definitely avoided because he was not, he was a tough tough nut to crack. I mean, uh, his defensive skill, and he was tall, you know, for uh, Southpaw. And, you know, I, yeah, we, we keep talking about this the middleweight division, um, you know, him fighting uh, the Eliminator and getting a shot at Jermaine Taylor's world title. But uh, for the most part, Winky Wright, and another thing that we don't see often in today's sport of boxing, for the most part, he stayed in his weight class, which I, I respect uh, uh, big time. But uh, how did he do in uh, title bout? Uh, he did very well. Um, oh, I just wanted to say after boxing, I couldn't, um, this was only, the only thing I found this was on uh, Wikipedia, and it does mention that it's, um, uh, they have no citations for any of this, so you wonder was it maybe, it could just be some marketing person uh, that works for Winky that filled it out, um, but uh after boxing, he did do a little acting. He actually has a cameo in a 2000, uh, a 2005 movie uh, called State Property 2, which was the final film of uh, Old Dirty Bastard. I know you're a big fan of his, Billy C. Uh, and then uh, he was also in one episode of a short-lived series in 2004 called The Jury. And uh, he does have a record label and a uh, promotional company. Uh, it's called Pound for Pound Records in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, in the title bout championship boxing game, I put him in against um, two guys who uh, we're going to he hear from this weekend, one at 154 and one at 160, uh, versus Canelo uh, at 154. The first time they fought, Winky wins a TKO uh, in a really uh, a barn burner of a fight. Uh, a fifth round TKO, two minutes and 23, uh, 33 seconds, Winky wins a stoppage. Canelo had Winky, uh, had the wink down in the second round. When they fight a hundred times, the wink dominates. 59 victories, 32 defeats, nine draws. He scored 12 knockouts. In his 32 wins, Cinnamon scored 11 knockouts. Uh, when I put him in against uh, Golovkin at 160, the first time they fight, Golovkin wins a split decision, uh, a score of 114-113 for Winky, another for Golovkin that same way, and then the tiebreaker is a 115-112 um, victory for Golovkin. Golovkin did drop him once in the fifth off a hard right hand. Uh, when they fight a hundred times, Golovkin does one better than um, Canelo. He wins 60 defeats. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Winky does one better than he did against Canelo. Uh, Canelo. Golovkin, uh, he goes, Winky goes 60 wins, 34 defeats, six draws. He stops Golovkin 17 times. And in his 34 wins, Golovkin knocked Winky out 13 times. Interesting. 
that's interesting uh, uh, from uh, from title bout. Um, you would assume, you know, because of what I said, that he fought most of his career at 154, that that, that at least Triple G would have dominated him. But uh, interesting, interesting. Uh, great yeah. job as usual, uh, Alex. Uh, Ronald Winky Wright, former world junior middleweight champion and a world middleweight title challenger. Uh, he had a career record of 51 wins, 25 coming by knockout, six losses in which he was never stopped, uh, one draw, uh, 403 rounds of his total 58 fights with a knockout percentage of 43%. I personally think he will get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, whether it be uh, this year or soon, it all depends on the rest of the ballot. But uh, uh, great job at, as usual, Alex. Uh, remember, if you want uh, to get uh, someone uh, uh, done here on the Blast from the Past, just drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing, T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Alex, before we let you go, now tomorrow we hope that you come in with your final thoughts and predictions on Triple G Canelo. Uh, we are not doing a show Friday, so we'll, we'll hope to get you here. Uh, for that and of course the post fight show Saturday night but my quick question for you is can Triple G well you already know I got a a, a steak dinner on the line against Larry you know so uh, (laughs) uh, I got to start uh, seeing what other people think do you think Triple G could get a fair decision in Las Vegas or does he have to win by knockout what's your thoughts uh, I think that this the, this fight actually could come down to that question. Um, I, I I gotta you know I, I gotta say that I hope um, it he could get a fair fi- uh, fair decision, and I, I believe uh, you know I, I'm a supporter of this uh, sport, so I uh, I'd like to say that I believe in its um, um, you know apparatus of how things work but what am i i'm also a fan of this sport so i know that that's kind of uh sometimes something you shouldn't do is um trust but but, but i I, I do think it's going to be a controversial fight i think that this fight is a lot closer now than it was when it was first started when we first started uh salivating for it um i think it might come down to being a close seven to five fight um, and you're right. Uh, I think that, you know, maybe the smart money is to um, to think that that's going to break Golden Boy's way. Yeah. I, I hope that that's not what it comes down to. Um, I don't know. I mean, well, give it Daniel to Jacobs changed things for me. Well, um, well, I, I mean, you know, Daniel Jacobs, you know, I, I, hey, Triple G said it best. Canelo's no Daniel Jacobs, and and I don't think he yeah. meant that in a in a disrespecting way. I think he meant it in a way that you know Daniel Jacobs was a bigger guy. He could move on the he can hit on the move. He he can do things that that Canelo doesn't. You know, so I, listen. Uh, in a perfect boxing world, fighters that win rounds actually win fights. Um, so I hope that happens on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the. Um... The, the thing about the, the Canelo, the body attack is just absolutely a withering body attack that Canelo puts out there. Some of Daniel Jacobs' best moments were landing body shots. Good point. Now, you know, that certainly was the key for Andre Ward. Uh, Kovalev does not like it in the body. And if you saw that uh, interview with John David Jackson, wow, it sure sounds like Kovalev doesn't like the body. 
Andre Ward figured that out. Uh, it could be that um, Golovkin doesn't like getting hit in the body. Well, we've seen well, we, we've we've seen Triple G uh, wince from body shots. So uh, yeah. no, so, that's, that's a I good mean, point. That's not a good uh, uh, sort of chink to have in your armor to go in there against Canelo because he's he's the young, uh, hungry body punching machine. Uh, I don't know. I think we're going to see a good fight, and I think unlike Mayweather McGregor. Um, if people want to see somebody get hurt, uh, I mean, this is a sport of physical harm. You're going to see that this weekend. Yeah. These guys are going to be serious. Let, uh, let, and I, this is going to be good. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to this very, very much. Oh, I can't wait. Hey, I got to go uh, for a break. But one, one last thing. Remember, you're right. Canelo works the body great. But in order to work the body of, of Triple G, he's got to stand in front of Triple G. Right, and, 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 that and that's dangerous, that could be thing. that could be good night, Canelo. So uh, absolutely, uh, looking to, forward to your breakdowns tomorrow, and definitely on the post-fight show, Alex. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Billy C. All right, that's Alex Papali uh, doing the blast from the past and giving us his uh, thoughts. If Triple G can get a fair shake in Las Vegas, I don't know. Well, yet to be seen. I'll be right back in two minutes. Billy C. will be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. We certainly uh, are happy you're with us. And don't forget, join us as soon as the Triple G Canelo fight is over. We're doing a Billy C Triple G Canelo post-fight show. We will go live approximately six minutes after the official announcement is made. So when you're all jacked up after a great fight... You're going to want to talk about it, so come on over right here. Wherever you're watching or listening to the show, we will open up the phone line, so uh, be there or be square. Oh, geez, that's, that's an old saying. Join, speaking of old, joining me right now is uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. <laughs> and, uh, Sal, um, we, uh, uh, we got some, uh, some issues I wanted to talk about real quick. Anthony Joshua. Uh, tomorrow we're going to break down and give our final predictions on the uh, Triple G Canelo fight, but Anthony Joshua... Uh, it's no secret that I love this guy. Um, now, you know, there is another heavyweight in the mix. We're always talking about Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, uh, primarily the two world heavyweight champions. But there is another heavyweight champion in the mix. His name is Joseph Parker. And he was quoted as saying that he could not, if he was given the chance to fight uh, Anthony Joshua, that he would knock him out. Uh, he said, I think everyone wants to fight Anthony Joshua because he's a big draw here in the UK. If I had the chance to fight him, and this is Joseph Parker, he says, it would be an exciting fight. I back myself with any heavyweight in the world that I get in the ring with. So if I had the opportunity to fight him, I will knock him out. Um, you know, I, he's got a fight against Huey Fury coming up. Huey Fury is a far cry from Anthony Joshua, but I think he's right. I, I think, you know, anybody's going to want an opportunity to fight uh, AJ because of the money involved, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, if I was still in a mix, I'd be, I would have been saying a long time ago, I want to fight Floyd Mayweather. I can knock him out. 
you know, it, go a little bit. And, uh, you know, why not? He's got his uh, his numbers lined up. He's got his opponents lined up. Well, there's one that he wants to try and line up. And uh, what better way to say it than to challenge and say, hey, guess what? I can knock you out. You don't want to fight me because you know my style is going to be too much for you to handle. Now, is that the reality of the situation? I doubt it very much. But it, does it disallow him saying that? Well, it does not. There's the freedom of free world. If you believe in yourself, try and convince and tout your horn and, and see what happens. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's not the reality of the situation. So we're, we're having a real t- hard time picking up what you're saying, my man. But uh, one last I'm question sorry. I wanted to ask you. Um, you know, Anthony, speaking on Anthony Joshua, uh, 70,000. Now, now the, his next fight, which is uh, in October, October 28th against Cuba, Pula, uh, in a venue that holds uh, 80,000 people uh, at Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. Uh, tickets went on sale uh, on Monday. And within the time that people could buy tickets, the first day sold 70,000 tickets. Uh, I'm anticipating this to be sold out today uh, by 80,000. His last fight sold 90,000 tickets at Wembley Stadium against Klitschko. Is there any doubt that Anthony Joshua is a huge draw? No doubt whatsoever. I mean, this is the darling of the of the European block. This is this this is this is the darling of the heavyweight division. This is uh, I, I I hate to use a phrase that we haven't really talked about in decades, but this is the contemporary matinee idol. People want to see him. People want to want to look at him. People want to see if he's for real. They want to see him display his power. They want to see him display what his skill set is. And so he is a big draw. I think he's a big. I think he's. I think he is not only a draw in the UK. I think he would be equally uh, big here in the states. And I think that he's uh, he's driving boxing right now. In my opinion, I, I really do. I mean, I, listen. You know, Triple G Canelo, huge fight for boxing, great for boxing. But uh, Anthony Joshua, I think, has really put the icing on the cake for the sport. But that's uh, that's my opinion. But uh, uh, hey, hopefully, Sal, tomorrow um, you will be at, back up and running because we got an important show laid out for us tomorrow. We are going to do uh, breakdowns and predictions uh, of uh, of the big fight, uh, which is scheduled for Saturday. So I'm looking forward to that, my man. But uh, uh, listen, hopefully you can get some more tinfoil and you can get some power and uh, you can get all those happy things. And I don't know what's going on now, but I think we just lost Sal. Uh, but uh, but the bottom line is this. Uh, listen, boys and girls, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.